everybody, Tommy here. I know, I know, I know. You hit play on your app today hoping for part two of the Blast Weekend Cabin experience. Fear not, friends. Uh, we, we do have the episodes two and three that we promised coming very, very soon. But something really cool happened pretty much as soon as we got home, and that was we had the opportunity to record an episode with a musician uh, we all really admire, Mr. Walter Martin. Yes, he of Jonathan Fire Eater, The Walkman, and Walter Martin solo music. And Walter just released a new record called The Bear, one that we're all pretty stoked on. And we just couldn't let this episode sit around much longer. So we're foregoing the usual routine. We're releasing this one a little bit out of order because we wanted you to hear as soon as you could from Walter. So uh, we will be back in just a couple weeks with part two from The Blast Weekend. And in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this episode. And we also encourage you to go out listen to Walter's music, especially that new record, The Bear. Um, We can't recommend it highly enough. So without further ado, here's another episode of Lotto Beatles. Hey, my buds, what's going on this evening? Hello, Tommy. Hey, 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 hey. So um, we, we're getting together tonight. I'm very excited about this record. we got a great guest coming on, and we've just, it, it keeps happening. We, we've come together at another huge day in Beatles history. Um, it was actually today that one of the Beatles claimed in front of the popular media of the time that he was bigger than the most well-known religious figures, maybe of, of all time. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I remember this. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Wait, what? G- John Lennon said that they were no, bigger than no. Jesus. No. No? You guys got to start doing your research. It was actually this day in 2017, Ringo hopped onto his YouTube channel and claimed that Back Off Boogaloo was more popular than L. Ron Hubbard. You guys don't, you, you never heard this? He, it was crazy. He was like, <laughs> after October 20th, I don't want to hear about Dianetics. <laughs> I don't remember that. No. <laughs> I missed that. I'm questioning that. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, my Blotto Scruffs. We do know how hard it can be, so thanks always for putting us into your heads tonight. Uh, Welcome back to Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading pissed pundits of Beatles broadcasting. I'm Becker, and as a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by some of my nearest and dearest. Um, What haven't I said about my best bud and yours? It's Tommy. Tommy. That, well, hold on. That, you have more enthusiasm usually at that intro. I'm warming up. Warming up. All right. Tommy. That's better. Thank you, sir. What's up, A-Side? How are you doing tonight? Hi, my bud. Good to see you. This man, he puts the nut in Minutemen. It's the George Martin of New England. Executive producer, Scotty C. What's going on? Great one. Great one. I love these. Mike Watt was just in Boston. Did you go? No, I didn't even know. He played with that. He was playing with that trio, the new trio thing that he's doing. I can't believe I we to... we always catch Watt when he's in town. I know. Yeah, I was I thought maybe bummer. you guys had gone and I hadn't heard about it, but 
No, we would have invited you. We wouldn't just leave you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, are they going to the show? Were you hurt? Chance, so. <laughs> a little bit. I was like waiting I'm, by the... I was like, uh, it was like when my dad was going to take me to Disney World. I was right outside on the stairs, like all packed up and ready to go. Never yeah. showed up. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't uh, go. I and I really want to, I want to say pretty sincerely here that I, I feel like I neglected something because uh, I joked the other day about RB sort of being like on an audition for us and RB, that B stands for Beatles and RB, but... Then it occurred to me that like maybe I haven't sincerely expressed how happy I am to have RB on the show. For anyone who's listening for for the first time or recently, RB is a is a new ad. He's been at the behind the scenes for a long time, but he's been on the mic for the last four or five episodes. But uh, I want to say thanks, RB. Thanks for joining us. Yes. I think oh, you make sick. the show Thank better. You. And I know it's a big commitment. Like it's a weird commitment. You your like <laughs> wife and kids is. like. I'm taking a six pack, going to my room and talk about the Beatles. Like, don't it's, come in. Like, it's a you, funny thing. You have right. a, an army of kids. So, yeah, the scruffs uh, may not know. RB has 49 kids. Yeah, that's <laughs> far too many. I have, so, I want to say thank you so much for making the time with us, RB. Like, of I really course, you're, of course. you're with us. I love being wonderful. It really is. Um, and we're back to recording remotely. We just did a whole bunch of shows together oh. in person. Um, and now we're, we're back to remote. I kind of miss it. I prefer not to have to make eye contact with all of you guys. So, I, I find that weirder. But, it's nice to be remote. What do you look at to be together? on the screen? Um, I kind of like look off to the side. Like I really don't <laughs> stare at you guys that much, to be honest. <laughs> I, I look a little at my notes. I look eyes. over here. I look, you know, I kind of look at my drink. You know, I don't know. I, I, I scan around. I know. stare lovingly into your eyes for the entire four, episodes, <laughs> four hours we usually take to record an episode. Uh, we have a fantastic guest, so I just want to do a little housekeeping and then get him on here in here because... Let's do it. Um, yeah. yeah, because we just got a few things to knock out. Uh, so we got some nice notes in our recent episode on Tomorrow Never Knows. I think we yeah, had some just, fun in there. Well, and for us, that was just released yesterday. Which, That's uh, what I'm saying. We're, on know, a, we're also in a funny funny timeline right now where we have recorded a couple episodes. So this is coming yeah. out a little bit later than that. But um, some nice notes on our takes on Tomorrow Never Knows. And we had a, a great guest on that, fellow podcaster Ethan Alexanian. Yes. But we did have an intrepid listener, Chris oh. uh, Weber, who... Yeah. Is, has yeah. sent us a, a lot of nice messages. He's been a great. He's actually on my. Uh, he's on my list right now because he's super pro Tommy. But I uh, he caught that we did miss a magical mystery word, so he's I told him that Tommy's we would make we would make uh, it up to him right now. Yeah, uh, I guess right RB now, uttered uh, the magical mystery word around the last twenty minutes of the episode. I was I was so, piano plunking and I just we my mouth got drink, away from so. me. Uh, cheers to that. Cheers to Chris. Scotty, uh, I hope you. Do you mind hitting the button for us as we're getting? Oh, you want to hear it? All right. So, thank you, Chris, for listening so closely, or maybe no thanks yeah, at all. No, no we'll thanks. See how, this, yeah. see how this episode ends up. But, guys, do we have anything else, or should we get to it? Let's get to no, it. No, I had a lot of friends right. reach out about that Ethan episode and just say like how fun it was and. How wild, you know, Ethan had a night. He went on a run and people were enjoying it. And he ended up in bed at one point. It was, really it was Because fun. we have so far to go, I actually great. can't believe that we've already talked about Tomorrow Never Knows because I do hold that song pretty precious. Um, it's a huge, I, I mean, clearly I talked about it last week. It's a huge entry point for the, the Beatles for me and sort of the weirder Beatles stuff. So it's funny that now we have to rank around Tomorrow Never Knows because it's a, it's a big track. Yeah. You got a couple of your big ones in there now, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm. I might dip out of the show in a couple of weeks. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyways, uh, we have a fantastic guest who agreed to hang out with us tonight. Uh, we've known about this guest and been a fan for a long time. He's been in a few iterations of things we're a fan of, uh, initially as part of Jonathan Fire Eater and then in the great rock band The Walkman. Uh, but most importantly, he's joining us today in the present, and presently he is making fantastically honest and compelling work under his very own name. Uh, please join me in welcoming Walter Martin to the show. Hey, welcome, Walter. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming Thanks for and, having uh, me. talking Beatles with us. I'm excited. In preparation today, I had a very, very early drive out to rural Western Massachusetts, and I played your newest album, The Bear, again. And I'm, you know, I'm really, really enjoying it. The presence oh, like, of this recording and, and uh, the world at night, like to me, is just just so impactful. Like what the magic that you are brewing up is 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 pretty fantastic. Um, well, thank you. It's so nice. To, nice to hear. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congrats on getting this this record out there. Yeah. Like, uh, how's it felt? feel like what does it mean to put out a personal record like this like the week after uh it feels nice you know like i you know it's a funny thing i do i do a lot of what i do uh on my own you know it's it, I, I write very it's a very solitary thing that i do right the way that i write i mean I, I record with with other people and collaborate at the recording stage but it's like it's kind of a private thing so to suddenly have it out there in the world is uh it's an you know it's I mean, I've been doing it for so long that I'm used to it, but with every release, you're kind of like, uh, it's a funny feeling, you know? And I, I'm very proud of this record. I, I think um, I, I, it's it's nice that the response, it's, I feel like people have had like a nice emotional response to it in the way that I sort of want people to. So it's uh, it's it's felt really nice to me. That's I was um, making breakfast for my family the other day, Walter, and I threw the record on and was listening to it as I was kind of getting things ready. And I texted the boys. Do you here consider this a good breakfast record? My statement was, I think this might be the perfect Sunday morning record. Like that oh, weird God. Sunday morning haze and, and kind of the slowness of a Sunday. And the, the vibe that is hit there is just wonderful in, in, that, in that moment. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah on Sunday mornings, I like to listen to... Uh... I like to listen to stuff that has a lot of like like music with I listen to this podcast called uh called uh what's a lot it called? Of a lot of Beatles. <laughs> no, <exactly. yeah. laughs> no, it's I think it's called Soul Music. It's a BBC podcast where it's all talking and some music and they're talking about uh about a specific like uh piece or or, or a song that has whatever had something to do with, with people's lives. And I like listening to talking and music and uh, a lot of talking. So I feel like, yeah, I tried to make this album feel like that. A lot of a lot of conversation in, in, the, in, the, in the album. Yeah, I, I lucked out. I was able to get a vinyl copy from your first pressing, which comes with a nice little booklet that has a lot of a lot of uh, cliff notes that maybe some of these guys don't know yet. But um, I thought it was interesting here where you said that, like, this is one of your most personal and honest records and that these are sort of true stories. Because I feel like in some of your other work. What? What is the word? What was the word? Story. Oh, story. story. Oh, no. That's not fair. That's, a, that's between that and the track we're talking about tonight. Oof. Well, that's why I picked it. Tales. <laughs> I'm a tales. professional. We're going to be talking because, uh, about these tales all night. Yeah. yeah Maybe I have a lot of synonyms for, for story. You know. Yeah, yeah. Tales is pretty good. Um, but I was going to say, I feel like you have music where the listener probably yes. already feels like they have a relationship with you. Like, I think the, the world at night probably has that in there. And so what do you think differentiates this when you say like, this is 
this is just honest? Like, is it the fact that these are true stories that that separates mm. that, or? Still in the oh, yeah. so we still in the, We're safe, in the zone? safe zone. We're a safe zone. You're you're right on the edge. I'm letting. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think all, all the songs I write are pretty much true story. I mean, I, there, there's some stuff that's very clearly not true, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's all pretty much true true story stuff that I write. You know, I like to write about like. I like to just sound like the way that I talk and, and talk about things that are normal and talk about my life and my kids and just regular things. I just, all I want to sound like is a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You say like you use podcast in this, in your, your extended liner notes, your book liner notes that you. I do. Yeah, exactly. I want it to feel like I want it to. Yeah. I like that music. I mean, I always think of like uh, being, going on long drives and and as much as I hate a lot of what they talk about in, uh, in like modern country music, I like, I like how you put it on and it's just like there's this, the voice is so fucking loud and all you hear is their story. Usually the story is really cheesy oh, and man. annoying, I, but you I hear the story, the story is right in your face. <laughs> I don't think we can say story anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we cut you from the slide. Yeah. Oh, maybe we we extended the safe zone a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just like that. Just like interact, hearing a person, interacting with the person. And I, and I like, that's why I turn my, the, when I mix, I, I make the voice. Well, I don't mix, but my, I, I tell the mixer to make the voice loud as holy hell. Just so you're, you're interacting yeah, with, the, with the story. So it sounds well, like a podcast. It's funny. <laughs> that's cool. your, your voice, I was thinking a lot about listening to the record. I, I hope this sounds as complimentary as I want it to sound. The, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're a Wilco fan at all. I'd read the Jeff Tweedy book um the his autobiography a couple years ago yeah and he says, i want to read that yeah yeah it's really good and there's one moment where he says he meets rick danko from the band and danko um it's kind of like early in wilco's career and danko says you know basically you need to recognize that the best part of your voice is the vulnerability and like the fragility that that comes through and like stop this other stuff that you're trying to do on top of it and like that rang so true to me listening to this record, especially, you know, I've heard your other, your other stuff and I, I really dig it. And then I heard this and I was like, Oh, but like that vulnerability is really creeping out of the thing. And I don't know if it's in the volume or something else or in the, the sonic landscape that you're, you're kind of setting around that, but it's, you focus in so much on the story you're telling. And I, I just, oh, I don't tight. know what I would say about that outside of it's a real <laughs> We're in trouble tonight. This, this doesn't usually happen. I thought you were saying, yeah, oh, Tommy, because you make a beautiful happen. point." You were. No, I mean, yeah. I think that, like the lot of the singers I like, you know, like I've never, fan- I still don't fancy myself a singer at all. I like, you know, whatever. I like a lot of singers, obviously, but I like, uh, you know, Randy Newman and Jonathan Richmond. A lot of my uh, yes, heroes yes, that yes, I really yes. relate to, I'm like, you know, these fellas are not. You know they're not incredible singers. They're just they're they're getting their thing across and, and they're honest. With, w- working with what they have, and so I, I was kind of like, if I uh, if I want to really make a go of it, <clears> I gotta <throat> just try to. I believe in that 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 in that. So I'm gonna I gotta do it like that. Yeah, you're a. I, I like that you said Jonathan Richmond. Uh, we're all we're all huge Jonathan Richmond fans. Yes. We've we've oh, gotten yeah. together to see Jonathan a, a ton of times. And there's a couple of moments in your writing that I really like when you refer to yourself as as Walt or Walter and you kind of talk about something because Jonathan does that and it's like hey right you know I like uh, I like that move uh, yeah Jonathan like definitely this. I love when Jonathan does that I also yeah. really love when Jerry Lee Lewis does that I, I like how he's, he's always Jerry Lee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you yeah. never just Jerry because Jerry Lee like it's very funny yeah yeah 
in his I, country I watched, stuff. Uh, Jerry Lee. While we're talking about that, while, while we're talking about that reference, and maybe this won't make the pod because it's too like. So in a world at night, I think it's in a world at night. You, there's one part where you're talking about you're always playing the radio and you want to play it loud, and and someone wants to, always says, "Well, I'll turn it down." I think I'm bastardizing it a little bit. Is that a Dylan reference to Highlands? If, it, oh, if oh. that's not on your, if that's not on your, the tip of your tongue, then it's not. It's fine. I don't. Need oh to no, that. I know what you mean though. The Neil Young line. <laughs> when he says the Neil Young line, I was always like, oh, I wonder if that's uh, in in reference. No, you but, know, I've never thought of it, but probably because I, High, Highlands is like one of my. I love Highlands. I love that's. I I really love it, and I very I mean, specifically hi- love that part. You know. Me too. And I love when he's oh, talking to the waitress too. about trying his trying the pictures. Well, it's always yeah. just lo- it's always nice to hear when when hear Bobby talk about loving Neil Young. You're like, yeah, yes, I yeah. love Neil Young too. So does <laughs> right. Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, We've talked but, about yeah. it on the show, and I should send it to you because eventually we should talk about the Beatles. But I don't know if you've heard this, but there is uh, audio about George Harrison talking a ton of shit on Neil Young, which is actually kind of funny. is that he's right. Like, He's like he's right, just surprised. one note, and he's hammering that whammy <laughs> bar. Me. And like, what's, it, yeah. it was about him. It was about the oh, way Neil Young plays. Yeah, it was about it was yeah. about how he played guitar solos, though specifically. Yeah. It wasn't okay. about his songwriting. It was oh, like but it's the, Neil just wails on one note, like yeah, right, but, but still, like, that's, feeling, that's why we like that's why we like Neil. That's why we like Neil. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, Highlands. I love High, Highlands. Was always my my favorite late Bob song until Murder Most Foul, which I think. Oh yeah. It. Oh yeah. You're on. Yeah. That whole record yeah, is really good. I mean, the but murder most foul. I mean, it's freaking yeah, incredible. It is, yeah, epic. Also, because like I just didn't, maybe I didn't expect it. You know, right? Oh yeah, I was and just that, when that, I heard I, it was early <laughs> pandemic when that came out. I remember yeah, I was running. That's another piece of it. Yeah. And that came on. I mean, I, I knew I was I was prepared to listen to it. I knew it was long, <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck! Like <laughs> it's it's incredible that you know he's older than my dad, and it's like. <laughs> This guy is still putting us all to goddamn shame. It's incredible. And from all accounts, I hear he's killing it on this tour right now. I, haven't, I know. I haven't gotten out. I, I, I saw him whenever, like maybe, I guess right, maybe 2019 at the Beacon in, in New York. All right. Yeah. And, he, and he was incredible. But I hear he's totally great. He's amazing this time, too. Is he playing guitar right now? Do we know? Or is he still sitting at the piano? You know, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I don't think I'm, he's piano no, or dead. Yeah. I, but I don't know if he's playing. Right. Uh, anyways, we are a Beatles podcast, and uh, we also have a Dylan podcast, like on the cutting room floor of this show. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Walt, Can, do you, go ahead. Talk. Well, I didn't want to. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we're not I'm supposed so to sorry. say sorry anymore, guys. So yeah, sorry. we're not sorry. We're, we're not. not sorry. Uh, Stuffing our sorries in a sec. Um, yeah, yeah. Friends I do, forgive I, friends quickly. Um. Well, I had one more question about the, the new record, yeah. and that's just, to me, it, it's, and, and I have my own ideas about it, but like, sonically, it's so different than what's you've come out with in the past under your own name, right? And w- what do you feel about that? Like, what brought you to that point, or what were you trying to get across? What do you feel like you hope it sounds like, you know, or, or what were you trying to do in the production? Is there anything you can say about that? Yeah, I just wanted it to be really pretty and warm and simple and for it to all sound very consistent you know so i had this one guitar it's like where is it it's right there (laughs) that i really (laughs) like the sound of it so i was like i could only write in this room so i wrote the whole thing in this room just with guitar and voice uh and usually i make demos and have like kazoos and all sorts of stuff all over the place um but i was very limited so i was like i just want to make it all voice and lyrics 
and the sound of that beautiful guitar. Yeah, the and, guitar sounds uh, really good on the record. Oh, thanks. So I, I just was like, if I can make it sound like solid and like like uh, compelling with just that, then I, then I'm in good shape. So I, I just sort of based it all around that. I, I wanted it to be a record that you could put on, and you know, from like the first song to the the last song, it has a consistent sound, and you, which allows you to sort of focus on the stories and and, and the words. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got friends, you know, should we call them tails? <laughs> wow, that's uh, crazy. We have never I feel really bad about that this now. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I... <laughs> so, yeah. That you didn't know you were talking idea. to such a, sing- a singer tales writer, you know? Anyways, I think that record is fantastic. And anyone who's who's listening well, to us you. today, like I, I really would encourage you to go out and buy it and uh, support in in any way you can, or or check out what what Walter is doing. Thank there you. are some, uh, yeah, yeah. I really love. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I love Easter on this record. Like the feeling of that, whatever's going on with your mm-hmm. guitar, and I think there's some like slide guitar on that piece. Like that's it's pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah, that yeah, that's my friend Sean playing playing lap steel. Yeah. Yeah, there's something but so again, lush about the like ephemera that's going on around the yeah, yeah the voice exactly. and the guitar. Like, the like, vibe you're getting build, is amazing, and up. we should so say cool. that we yeah. talked about it a little bit in the upfront. But Walter's sitting in how old is this schoolhouse that you're sitting in right now? It's old, you know. It's from it was it, it was it operated as a schoolhouse from like the 18, 1820 till nineteen fifty. Wow, and this uh, is now like your home recording base. And now it's this. my yeah. Now now it's where I work, which is kind of an amazing thing. After leaving Brooklyn, where you know my all the shitty places I had for the 26 years I was in New York city. Like the, the nicest place I had was a windowless closet, essentially. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now. And now you are out there. And uh, again, reading, reading your liner notes, you got to, you got to chop some wood and stay warm. Chop out a there lot of wood. Your oh own. yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's amazing. I like, it's a great story around this record. And I feel like, Oh, Becker. I, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's, this, this is that's right a brutal, up. The, that's a brutal mystery. Word, it is. That's, this that's is right up this group's alley, though. Are we using a splitter? Are we using an axe to chop the wood? What's, what's the mode of chopping? <laughs> what do I use? Well, yeah, he actually well, he, he there's a photo in here. He gives us all using the tools. A, I'm using a Fisker's axe these days. <laughs> well, no, this was I, I. I was I'm pretty new at this, so I use yeah, a no, hatchet and uh, yeah. There's a picture. <laughs> yeah. I, I like a hatchet and a little four pound hammer thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is it awesome? But now I, I have. Do. I've done it. I, I, I no hope question. so because I've done awesome. it. <laughs> now I have one of those splitters. I mean, like one of those like things, like steel things you yeah. you, you screw onto like a big uh, stump, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then you put it. the log atop. It's oh, much yeah, yeah, yeah. better. That much better. Much better. It works. Out. I've never yeah. used one of those. That works. Okay. They're great. Oh yeah. All right. That ends this week's. <laughs> That's an episode uh, of chopping segment wood. of wood, wood quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping wood with Walt Martin. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Anyways, as I tried to say two or three times ago, we are a Beatles podcast, and we invited you here under the pretense of talking about the Beatles. Yes. Uh, And you wrote me back, and you said that you are a fan, and that you are especially knowledgeable, and uh, (laughs) gave us some tracks you wanted to talk about. But uh, give us a little bit of your your Beatles origin story. Like when... uh... Oh, Becker. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is just crazy. Sorry. When did you start with the Beatles? <laughs> uh, pretty early. You know, I think my earliest memories of having like records of my parents' records are having that like the apple on them, you know, and like my parents' scratchy uh, 
Beatles records yeah. and listening to like, I remember really liking birthday very early on when I was really <laughs> little, you know, yeah. like, you know, five and six and stuff. Um, and always thinking it was cool. And then I, I guess in maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, I got the blue, uh, uh, yes. Collection, the double yep. cassette mm-hmm. collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah know? that's a that's a gateway drug. That's a huge yeah. touch point yeah. for all of us. The blue and the red. Yeah. yeah, the blue. Yeah, and so we had that like you know every year for uh, at spring break. My my whole family, my brother and sister, and my parents and I would drive from D.C. I grew up in D.C. from D.C. down to Florida, and so we spent a lot of time in the car. And you know that's a so we listened. I remember listening to that blue Beatles collection a lot. And I guess the red one too. Where does the red one end? It's, it's like around day tripper or something. Day like trip. Okay, right. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it was mostly the blue one. Um, and those things. Yeah, I just remember the. And that just, was your that was your parents encouraging the blue record. Like, were they in control of the the music at that? Well, point? I that was my copy because I gotten that for my birthday from somebody when I was like, I think in fourth grade. But my parents were were definitely big Beatles people. Uh, or they were like rock and roll people, like Bob Dylan, more more Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I remember listening to that on long car drives and really having my parents' Beatles records at home yeah. a lot. Um. But they weren't pushing it on me. But they were they were music people, definitely. My mom, particularly, was a music person. Is a music person. And then, when did you sort of, when did you find the Beatles on your own or in adult in adulthood and, and touch it right. again? Like, like during during your time period, Jonathan Fire Eater, was it cool to talk about the Beatles at that point? Yeah, it's or? funny. It's funny. Like I, I remember. No, it wasn't. It was more like, I think after that initial phase of like whatever being. T- 12 10 uh, like i i when I, I i developed a relationship with it after that it was like i wasn't into it i got into like skateboarding and like being yeah. cool and i was not into it and i was like and then i had a, a cassette so somebody dubbed me of the stones of uh of england's newest hit makers their first record and for some reason like that was okay i was like this is cool like oh, this wow. is bad yeah and so i and i loved <laughs> that for still that's like my favorite thing ever is that um, and, uh, and so the stones were, became like, like, I like the stones. I'm a stones. Like, this is cool. Somehow it's badass. Um, and it wasn't until, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, I was like in high school, I was like a serious classic rock, like fanatic, but did I listen to the Beatles when I, did I sit down to listen to the Beatles? I don't know if I did that much. What, you know, what it, were the classic rock bands you think were? You know, I got more into, well, I mean, it was more like I got into like, like whatever, Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen and yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And like, uh, really into that Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen, like Simon and Garfunkel, I got way into, but then there was also like the doors and like psychedelic Led Zeppelin and like, uh, Pink Floyd and stuff like that. I don't know. Were, if you, play, was, like, were you also playing music this whole time? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I start. We started our like the band that became Jonathan Fire Eater started early. It, it was like the singer and I started doing it when we were in fifth grade, and then like drummer who has went all the way through to be in the Walkman joined us in seventh grade, and wow. guitar player joined in ninth grade. So it's like all I've ever done. I literally I can't do anything else. I don't even know how to like work the can opener, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and but like. I don't think I was like cranking up the Beatles. I've never thought of this before, but I don't think I was in high school. But I, I do remember in in um, early 
mid fire eater days, probably like in in the early, when I was probably about 23, 22, 21 maybe, we got Rubber Soul. And I had never heard Rubber Soul. I don't know how I had never heard Rubber Soul before. I mean, I knew the hits, I guess. Now, the, the, what are the hits on that? I guess like Drive I've just seen the car. face. Or Nor- Norwegian Wood probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I had covered Drive My Car in high school and like, I played in like a drums in a prom band too. But I didn't, I didn't really know that record. And we were, and none of us knew it. Even though we were like fancied ourselves like knowing everything about music, we didn't know that record very well. Yeah. And it's when we were writing uh, like a Fire to record. And we were like, holy fuck. Like this is, I guess it was us realizing how sophisticated the Beatles were. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we mm-hmm. knew, I guess because you know the early stuff and you know the later stuff. But for some reason hearing the, the sort of, I guess like the transitional period, I don't yeah. know why I felt because that's an awkward record. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's like, it's like they're between the buttons record. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's like, it's a little funny and the sound isn't like flashy and psychedelic and it's not like early and like catchy and cute. Garagey it's this weird. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. this weird period. And, and we were like, for some reason I felt like, okay, people don't know this. We were like, this is like the undiscovered people. Like we love this. This is us. We love this record. No, people don't know this record. Uh, and the, we really identified one. with it. And I've always identified with that record for some reason. It, I think that's um, so true. And I, I don't know exactly how old you are. It seems like we're generally probably somewhere around in the wheelhouse of the same age. And I don't, I don't uh, talk about my age, Tommy. But, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 47. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you, yeah, you're a few years older than me, but not not by much. And but there's something about growing up when we did. I think that okay, clearly we didn't have the internet, and you're you're kind of digging things up from you know older friends, older siblings, whatever it is, and and finding tapes, and people are making mixtapes, and and th- there's this piecemeal way of finding bands because I I felt the same way about Revolver. Like I think I didn't hear Revolver for the first time all the way through until I was probably 21 years old. Um, going mm-hmm. to, you know, like Newberry Comics in Boston and picking up a CD copy and being like, whoa, this is this record? Like, you know, and like t- it taking a while. And yeah, there's something about that time period of, you know, the cassette thing and, and right. all of that, exactly what you're saying that plays into it and feeling like you've found this thing for the first time, I think is right. absolutely true, you know? And I remember all the right. bands were around 2001 being like, oh, this band found marijuana and the beatles i can tell by the way they are right, yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. 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 yeah it's a great combination yeah. <laughs> and then where do you sit with the beatles now like do you do you put them on do you like is uh, yeah a, i do a sunday yeah. record is it yeah i mean i guess after that kids like how what's your exposure and giving? well i mean after up? that like rubber soul thing yeah then i got like then i uh, you know i I guess I just got really deep. I guess I started to sort out exactly what I loved and how much I loved it. And I figured out the John stuff, you know, I'm like a big John guy. And like, I was just, mm-hmm. I, I sort of clarified what I really loved. And it pointed me towards all like, I guess I just became totally obsessed with John <laughs> and, uh, and all John's, I didn't know John's solo stuff that well, you know, as like a young person, you hear like, imagine you're like, Oh, is that the Beatles? Like, what is it? Um, and then, the, you know, putting it all together and then doing the whole solo John uh, the homework, and then, then I did all my solo Ringo homework very thoroughly. I must oh, say, ah, wow, I haven't wow. Which I, done that. Like, yeah, that's above yeah. and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh, it's re- oh, it's rewarding. It's what's very the rewarding. what's the Ringo record I should be listening to? The solo. Ringo I mean, there are a lot. I mean, I think anything. My belief with Ringo is if the cover is good, 
It's very easy to tell if the record is good by the cover. The <laughs> cover it's a book by its cover. It's I like the that. Stu- it's the uh, you know it's like the pre pre seventy five seventy yeah. that that it's 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 really good. I mean, if you like Ringo as a person, yeah, you know I he's a great. Wa- yeah, yeah, he's a great, warm, funny, really. And he's loving... got he's got John is on it, like George is on it, like the yeah. you know it's that all star right. band. He does yeah. a, somehow does a really good job of expressing his personality, his humor, and his warmth comes across on his records in a beautiful way. And they're very casual. It's casual listening. It's not, you know, you yeah. can, it's, it's great. I love, I love Solo Ringo. Awesome. For the past this couple a- of years, since we started this podcast for Scotty's birthday, I've bought him a Solo Ringo record every year. Yeah. It's a tradition I plan on continuing. Just I exactly what you're saying. I walk into a record store and I flip through and based on the cover, I'm like, this is Scotty's birthday present this year yeah. for yeah. $1.99. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're cheap, too. That's the thing. It's, it's low risk. It's very low risk. <laughs> That's true because even even George records are pretty pricey now. So like, if you buy vinyl uh, as soon as someone passes away, like the vinyl becomes more expensive yeah. at the store for some reason. Right. So even even middling George records are pretty pretty pricey now these days. Right. Uh, yeah. But thank God we still have Ringo, and you know, like uh, a lot of yes. you know. How close uh, have you been to a Beatle? Oh yeah, that's a great question. You are a musician of international renown. You've been around. I don't think uh, I, I. I don't know. I don't think I've been very close to a Beatle no. or a Stone. You know, I've di- I'm dying or a Bob Dylan. I met Leonard Cohen though. Well, oh, you did. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, that's, <laughs> that's that. He, he wasn't in the Beatles. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Let me check my my stats here. No, what, I don't. Uh, th- <laughs> under what conditions did you meet Leonard Cohen? Uh, yeah, as a high, as a high school high school a junior in high school, as a fan, I just my girlfriend and I waited outside of his bus and shook his hand. And was nice. he nice about it? Like, was he? He was. He gracious? was really nice. Yes, I said, oh, "Can great. I?" I said, "Can I shake your hand?" And he said, "I think he said fucking right or like damn fucking right." And he shook my hand and he kissed my girlfriend on the cheek. Oh. <laughs> and you were like, you I saw motherfucker. Like <laughs> Very cool. You punched Leonard Cohen in the mouth. And mountain. I talk about it. I literally talk about it twice. I was like telling the guy at the grocery store about it like a half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I saw Leonard Cohen on the last tour that I think the last tour that he did. And it was it was amazing. Like he spent like a third of the show on his knees and he was, you know, an older oh, wow. man. Like it was yeah. it, it was so impressive. It was a theater show and everyone was was seated, but it, it deserved like so much more from the crowd than than they gave it. It was, it was, it was big, like really still an impactful show. Yeah. Um, you've been near a uh, you've been near like a a a, a Sean Lennon. <laughs> no, I, I mean maybe probably at like some hipster party in the nineties. <laughs> not that I was aware yeah, you, of. You know, I think I maybe I met him. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, but no, I don't have any personal contact with any Beatles kind of a bummer or stone I'm dying to meet Keith or Mick yeah and I Charlie's like gone I'll, I'll, I'll say I, yeah. I got you is it taboo is it taboo to talk about the stones uh, no. so lovingly on this no. program no no no, no. It's, I love it's, the it's very yeah yeah, yeah. Too well, Scotty, cut, Scotty cuts it all out, but we can talk. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. <laughs> yeah you should bleep, bleep yeah. it all out. It's between the buttons. Oh no, you said that that first record's your favorite the Stones record, number one hit makers. Yeah. Uh, no, you know I, I don't know. I like so many. That's like yeah. It's hard with uh, the Stones to like pick a record because it is like what you've been into in the moment. Unless like you unless you pick Exile yeah. on Main Street, which is the right one to pick. 
I mean, I kind of. I remember when I was younger, people would be like, "Yeah, but Exile's the one." And I was, I'd be like, "These guys just don't know what they're talking about. They haven't heard the stone." But as I'm older, I'm like, "You know what? Exile is the one." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I think it really is. Yeah, and I love between between the buttons was probably my entry point to the stones. That's a great and one. I love that record. Um, but I, I mean, I always think of Beggar's Banquet as like the masterpiece, though. You know? Yeah. Right. The yeah. so the the focused the focused masterpiece. It, it, it and you can't. I don't know that you can call. I don't know if you'd use the adjective focused for exile. No, no. you wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, a different kind of masterpiece. But like, yeah. as far as them like p- fully showing what they can do, I feel like Beggar's Banquet is like, you know what? This is what I can do. Go fuck yourself. There's this thing about the Stones always being like six months behind the Beatles, right? Like that the Beatles right. put out Rubber Soul, and then the hey, Stones good, put out good, between good, the, good, good, bringing it back, to right? The and then the Stones put out nice. between the buttons and um. <laughs> The, the Beatles put out Sgt. Pepper and then the Stones put out her Satanic Majesties, you know, and, right. and like all this stuff. And I think for me, Exile is the first time it's like, oh, Exile is a better record than Let It Be, right? Like it's, you know, that the raw rock record or whatever, like yeah. they, they did what the Beatles were We are losing to. listeners by the moment with this. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> my thing. <laughs> Yeah, no. I've been uh, a yeah, lot of mystery words, my friend. They, they, fu- <laughs> they fully, fully found themselves by that, by that point. I think, yeah. going back to just who I would want to meet. I mean, I would. Uh, I don't know that hanging with Mick right now would be. A, I just, I would want to hang with Keith. I guess that's where I would, I would pick. Yeah, I think if I had to bump into one of them and they were like. Hop in the limo, like oh, see, you're hanging out for the night. Like, I would what if you're going? Dancing? You know, I, I, do, I do actually have Keith's <laughs> autograph. <laughs> on, on, How'd you on get that? What do you have? My uh, a, a childhood friend, uh, this girl Margaret Gould, who I've known since I was a, a, like a baby, uh, ran into Keith on the beach in Mexico, uh, probably in like ni- I think it's in 1995, and thought of me and my friend Stuart, who is a singer for Jonathan Fire Eater, and she uh, went up and got his autograph for us. So I have I have it in there. Wow. It says <laughs> That's to awesome. Walt and Stuart. Keith nice. Richards. Yeah, so I have that. That's, so that's the closest no I've gotten. <laughs> Dear no Walt, signed Keith Richards. Yeah. <laughs> What's the message, Keith? You're a dear. Yeah. <laughs> so the it's hard to have a guest on right now these days and not talk a little bit about Get Back because it's yeah. sort of the most freshest stuff that's out there. But yeah. we are finding and talking to musicians that that Get Back is maybe like a little triggering for some. Where maybe they don't like the tedium of the studio and 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 and. Uh, oh, I see what you did there, tedium, because they're drinking so much tea. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> um, but uh, did you get a chance to watch Get Back? I did. Yes, I watched it right when it came out. I watched it with my girls. We like uh, oh, cute, cued it up to watch yes. it with my wife and daughters. And after about ten minutes, the, my girls who are eight and nine were like. Yeah. <laughs> I Can we not yeah. watch this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. And I, we have like the popcorn. Like, Can we watch, and, in, we watch that, Encanto for the 84th right, yeah. time instead? Is that possible? I was very happy, but they, they were not into it. So, but yes, I watched the whole thing. But then, and then my wife went out of town for work shortly after, like I think the week after. And I was looking for something to watch. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to watch it again. And I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. What did you uh what you feel about it? What are your takeaways? What did you gravitate towards? I mean, I love Did it change your mind? I know you just you told us you're a big John guy. How'd you feel about Paul during Get Back? Um well, I you know, I think the my my initial takeaway was feeling like 
I felt like after I like after I saw it, like seeing just pictures of them, I felt like okay, I know those fellas. You know, I would be like, those are the boys. Like I I know those guys. You really, you really felt like just spending time with them. I felt like it's stupid. It's like I'm just like such a fan of like music. I was just like. I felt, I felt like I knew them better and it was nice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then Very after right. taking more of a step back, I was kind of pissed at Paul as I've oh. always been because like, you know, you watch him the way he talks to George so dismissively yeah, and uh, sort of treating him like a child. And I think you can tell George is sort of used to taking it, you know, you know, but whatever. he's also it's, pretty fed up. Right. <laughs> and, and, and Paul is, you know, certainly the engine uh, which is, you know, a very valuable thing in a band. Um, but, you know, you take a step back and you look at the output from that period and you compare what, you know, the actual songs that that came out of Paul then and that came out of George then and that came out of John then. It's just like, whatever, Maxwell Silver's Hammer versus yeah. like, versus, you know. All Things Must Pass. <laughs> All things was pass <laughs> yeah. and something, and even yeah. the old brown mm-hmm. shoe. I mean, I love old brown shoe, and and all hey, John oh, songs. Yeah. Thank there you. I've been looking for a guest to say that. It's a and, controversial and, one right here. And then all John songs, they're all just so superior. And like, yeah. we're talking about like, Paul, what, what, I mean, sure, like I can deal with let it be. I can deal with Paul's like decent, like whatever. Let it be fine, and and those other ones, but like. <laughs> Like, Those other ball ones. and the other ones. Yeah. So give me a break with the way that he's, you know. But when you're watching it, you're like, okay, well, clearly Paul is in charge here, so that's the way he should be talking to George. But but hell no, he should not be talking to George that way. Yeah, I think it's we, it, um, it's really it's funny me... to bring out tonight's track because it's a really interesting one that sort of brings them um, back together in a way, in a in a like it almost tricks them into thinking that they're the Beatles again a little bit. Like not to not to get into it yet. I know we haven't done the. The transition, but I think it's a, it's a good, <laughs> a good yeah. jumping off. Yeah, a crossover in a way. I think it, it really Let's pointed it. out that they like the faults in all three. You know, it, yeah. Ringo Ringo comes out on top first of all. Ringo is yeah. a champion, right. and then fault. makes a fart joke yeah, at yeah. the end to be like, a mic "Oh my drop. god!" You know, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. And um, but like, he looks awesome. His hair's you on know point. like yeah. yeah. Paul Paul is domineering for sure, but like. George is coming off as like kind of a spoiled brat at times. He does. You know? He comes and then, off a little complainy. Complainy. Very complainy. Well, yeah. he, he, the first yeah. song he wrote was Don't Bother Me, and it, it went from there, right? <laughs> right. And um, But also, and then, they're working on, like, whatever, Two of Us a lot, which I know is just yes. such a limp song, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just did Two of Us as our last episode. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> no, no. I'd love, I want to get your take on it, yeah. because it's so funny that we, we ultimately got we to got, the point We got emotionally into it, I think. Where they're talking about Two of Us, though, and looking at each other other writing this song and george is there and he's got to be pissed off right he's like he's these like, two what fucking guys me? that i've been uh, alongside her for this long are writing the song two of us like it's such right. a kick in the dick you know but john <laughs> is finally engaged for the first time in three weeks and paul yeah, is right. like yeah paul's let's, just, just, let's just sing at each other this is awesome we're back but now later paul's like no this is about linda this isn't about john yeah. you know like <laughs> that's what he that's what he insists you know that two of us right. is not a john and then, yeah, John Reference. comes off as disconnected, at, you know, and jokey or whatever. Like, he can't right. even maintain, you know, and so it's right. all three faults merging together in, into this thing that yeah. 
Yeah, it's a band that like clearly needs to break up. That's trying not to break up, and Paul is doing all that right. he can. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. And, and this song is like. like the bridge to Abbey Road tonight that we're going to talk about, which I think is, mm-hmm. is is kind of interesting. You know, um, before we get there, though, I don't want to pass too much time without noting that you have a Beatles song. I do. Oh, yeah, that's a great tune. <laughs> yeah. A song yeah. about the Beatles. Yes. Well, John, Paul, Georgie, and Ringo. Singing in my head wherever I go Songs of magic charms you can't deny Well, I can't decide who's my favorite one Well, Mama likes Paul, Daddy likes John Sis likes George, so I guess Ringo's mine Well, Georgie is sweeter than honey Is that um, when you have written that? Is that your personal perspective? Is that where does this song fit? It's called um, when Ringo shook I'm his sorry, mop. When it's Ringo shook the, his mop. Yeah. Called, yeah. It's called the Beatles. Yeah. That was just oh, like it's, per, you know, it's parentheses, right? I, when I was making a kids record, I was like, I remember tell, telling, sitting there with my wife, and I was like, I was like, maybe I should have a song about the Beatles, and it's just to be called the Beatles. She was like, okay. And I was like, oh my God, that's the best fucking idea I've ever had. (laughs) Uh, And I just wanted it to be like an informational song about the Beatles. I always think of that song, uh, you know. I can't wait till like my daughter can take the song in. She's like a little younger than than everyone's kids, but I'm like, this is like a good. Pavement has that song about about REM. Have you ever heard that song? Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's very kind of informational. Well, the the replacements have the song about Alex Chilton, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Called Alex Chilton. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So it's sort of the same sort of idea. Uh, Yeah. I just wanted it to be informational and, and funny about the Beatles. And it's a, it's, it's a great tune and there's a, it's on that record, but there's also, there's a great YouTube where you're playing it live with a, with the band. Yeah. 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 And and that's a great video that everyone should check out, but you name check some very specific songs in there. So I was wondering if those are on your list, you say, hide your love away. I am the walrus revolution across the universe and Sergeant pepper. Are those, are those top tracks for you or did it work? Those are, those are all, yeah. I think Sergeant Pepper the right may, have been there for, may have been there for the rhyme, but the rest I think were my, are my, yeah, my favorites. Nice. Awesome. You know, across the universe. Yeah. I think I say me and my monkey too. I mean, it's not my, maybe my favorite, but I, I love me and my monkey. Yeah. Kids, and, I mean, uh, kids think kids think monkey is pretty fam- funny, period. So that's a good, yeah. that's a good And just point. like everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. I mean, that's like the greatest line ever, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good I mean, I, wh- while we're chatting about it now, and it's like, what did it mean for you to come off of? And tell me if I have the timeline wrong. But what did it mean for you to come off of the Walkman and then decide to make some records that you're calling kids' records? Because I think the funny thing about the lead up to the Bear, your newest record, is that you caveat in some of the earlier stuff. You're like, this is not for kids. I talk about drinking. I don't think you swear on this record, but you're, you're like, you very much in the sort of a, a lead up thing to this post. You're like, this is not. <laughs> Hey, it's not a kids record. I talk about some adulty stuff, but like, what did it mean to? What was it in you that made you go and, and write those records after after the Walkman? Yeah, I think I just wanted to like do something very profoundly uncool and to kind of do the opposite <laughs> of what I, my old bands had done. You know, just sort of like a way, like a nice way to like. Also, I'm not a great singer. You know, like I, I wanted to, like the idea of like putting out like a Walter Martin solo album, like just like I couldn't. 
I couldn't fucking imagine doing that. Like, you're like, I'm not a good enough singer. And like, I just, it just didn't make sense to me. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, uh, I don't know, make a kid's, oh, I'm going to call it a kid's record. And I'm going to write songs like the coasters and, uh, and just try to be creative and be like super open hearted and see what happens. Yeah. And like, and it sort of tricked me into being able to like, whatever, write words that, that, uh, that were felt like the way that I talk. And so that's, now, now I, I talk about other things that, apart from like what animals and like going to the zoo, but like uh, it's, it's sort of the same voice. So it was sort of a lucky trick that got me. Into, I, honestly, I kept I, I I never in a million years would have thought I would have the nerve to sing and make songs on my own. But that record really tricked me into doing it. I really like that you said open hearted because when I was trying to yeah, describe some of the stuff that you great. said in, in, in introing you earlier, like I was like I don't earnest and honest like it is overused and all of that but open-hearted is 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 definitely how i i and feel sincere music, too like i think know. yeah that's, that's i like that a lot well cool thanks i want to talk about the beatles but we are also probably the only beatles podcast that talks extensively about fugazi and i know that you grew oh, wow. up and came up in dc uh what was your relationship with music music scene in dc what was happening at the time that you were becoming aware of stuff well i mean yeah i was like these like minor threat uh when i was in fifth grade like i think i was before maybe we started taping i was talking about deciding that i was cool and i think that was like in maybe fifth grade and i had like yellow chucks and my friend was into minor threat i don't think we i don't think neither of us had ever heard them but we wrote their name like on our on our shoes you know because <laughs> it's a cool name <laughs> minor yeah, threat. yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's also perfect that's exactly what youth was right like i don't know <laughs> yeah I've never heard but this, then, but, but then I, I know, but then I, I heard like them, and I was like, I love. I, then I heard them, I was like, they're great. You know, so good. I remember like uh, doing a science fair project using different kinds of music to see like if you could still concentrate if you were listening to like whatever classic rock or classical music or hard rock, which was a uh, minor threat. I don't want to hear it. Their song, I don't want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, and then and then uh, and then I then I got then I figured out then Fugazi started happening not not long after that. Uh, as I was when I was like in my early high school days. So yeah, we used to go see them all the time. They used to play for free or whatever, five bucks at like churches around DC. So we used to go see them all the time. Uh, and I absolutely, uh, you know, it was, it was just an amazing thing to go see them. They're such a great band. Yeah. yeah. They're the best. They're a band that I miss for sure. And the spirit of Ian MacKay. I mean, I just love Ian MacKay. What a great, yeah. and just like, I mean, I, everything, he's just such a funny guy, such a wonderful uh, figure. I'm so glad he's, he exists. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And we, we grew up playing music in a very, we made a very small scene on, on Cape Cod and we were playing some, but we just idolized what was going on in, in DC. Like it just seemed yeah. like, you know, Ian and everything around that was, was amazing. So we were, we were so obsessed with that. And yeah, for sure. And then like Ian Sphenonius and all that stuff, which I yes. think. Yeah, what, that's what I was going to say. Nation Ulysses, like that was huge for me. And the makeup was 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 so big for me. Yeah, I got um, like these days I much more believe. I, I guess like the humor that he added to all of it has ma- made it something that for me as an adult, it's much more lasting. You know, I like I still listen to Ian Sphenonius music. I don't necessarily throw on Fugazi, but I, Ian Sphenonius, I have I literally have his record right there. His chain and the gang stuff. Yeah, like, the he, chain and the gang stuff is 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 fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Ian MacKay hates us though. <laughs> yeah. Music's yeah, not yeah. Oh. music's yeah. not for everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. a great record. Oh my god, it's so good. What are your uh, top three uh, rock and roll organ songs? 
rock and roll organ songs. Let me see. Well, I always like first thing that comes. I mean, I always think of. Uh, I always think of "Hit It and Quit It," the Funkadelic song. You know. Oh, yes. That organ solo. Yeah, but then the yeah. solo is like. That solo. I think of like you know I think of like the as much as I really don't like Santana. That first Santana record with the drawing of the lion or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know the look of it. I can't tell you what songs are on it necessarily. Uh, it's like the stuff they played at Woodstock. It's that All song. Right, yeah, it, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the organ playing on that is really fucking fantastic. Uh, but then, like, I think of uh, like the mummies. You know the mummies? No. Oh, you gotta, oh, you gotta listen to the mummies. Well, All you right. just watch. Mummies are like uh, California. Um, Garage rock from early '90s. I saw them actually open for Nation of Ulysses in DC. Oh wow! They they dress as mummies, wrapped in like toilet paper. They're drunk. It says like (laughs) spray painted on the on the cross of their chest. Says like (laughs) "fuck you." They're drinking (laughs) beer, but they actually totally shred and write really good riffs. Their 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 big song is called "Stronger Than Dirt." Look it up, really, honestly. I'm I'm writing this down right now. (laughs) Watch watch them on YouTube, the Mummies. Uh, But make they they had a they they reunited five years ago. Make sure it's not that. Watch them from like whatever ninety one ninety one tape like scratchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stronger than dirt, and they do like they do high heeled sneakers, and they they have play a big Farfisa organ. The lead singer plays Farfisa. Uh, nice. right. they're, That's cool. they're, they're really so good. All right. When I saw them, it just fucking absolutely knocked my socks off. But best show I've ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. yeah. All right. Wow. That I take strongly. Yeah. So Becker, we're um, not just a Beatles podcast. Oh, yeah. We're also an organ singer. We're, an organ <laughs> we're not just sing your podcast. favorite organ solo. <laughs> yeah. We, we are a drinking podcast. I think we've all had uh, a couple beers tonight of, of various brands. I'm having a little bourbon. Um, we're all having the the official, the Devil's Purse Handline Kolsch, the official beer bottle of Beatles, I think, is on tap. Um, anyone else have anything of note that they want to throw out there right now? I'm drinking a little bourbon, but Walt, what uh, what do you like drinking? Well, usually I drink uh, a uh, like an IPA, but I'm out, so I'm drinking a Pilsner or Cal. All right. Nice. Yeah. How do you see? What do you got tonight? Are you on a, on a wine kick or a whiskey kick? Uh, I got the whiskey. I have. actually have... Just kicked a Jameson bottle. Now I'm opening the lane because oh. I had so many mystery words. I can always and tell where have... the episode's going to go in if you're a wine guy or a whiskey guy. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> tell me. I want to know. I'll tell you off, Mike. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair enough. RB, what are you drinking? Uh, I made a trip out from our Blost weekend to Treehouse Brewing oh, at Deerfield nice. on my way home. Oh, yeah. So I was, I, was a... I was drinking a green IPA this evening, and uh, yeah. Delicious. Nice. Excellent. You joined us to talk about a single Beatles track, and we are very focused as a podcast, and we don't like to waver from that. So yeah, um, without much further ado, Scotty C., what are we up to tonight? Well, uh, you sent me a list of songs that Walter had you know, recommended, said, hey, I'll, any, any one of these, and, and they were all John songs, I believe. Um, and... The one we ended up going with was Ballad of John and Yoko, mm-hmm. um, which is clearly a John song. It even has his name in it. <laughs> <laughs> is that interesting to put your own name in a song? I, I don't. I never really thought of it till just now. But um, 
in a song title. Um, so this was the in-between period, like you were kind of bringing up earlier, Becker, uh, between some of these Get Back, Let It Be sessions leading up to Abbey Road. And I love this story. It's so romantic to me. What? Where John, you love what? This, Uh-oh. Oh, I'm <laughs> the worst. It's been a while. You should have to do that by yourself. I will. Yeah. I'm going to finish I, this. I took a drink. I've... The in-between part, this, you know, the... Anyways, John is excited about this song he just wrote that he wants his buddy, his best buddy, his songwriting partner to feel this excitement with him and to play it for him and to help him finish it and not only that but he wants they want to go to the studio then that same day like they're calling it out abby road and saying we want time now we have this song it i don't know ringo and george are out of town we're still we still want to do this they get into the studio and and that doesn't always work for the beatles they've tried that a couple times and they get directed to to you got to go somewhere. Ardent or Trident, whatever it's called. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, Sorry, George, George Martin's George Mar- recording George a stand-up comedian so. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but seriously, like, how cool is it that these two guys at this point, especially in, in, the, in the Beatles' career and their careers in the Beatles, have this excitement, have this sound so youthful and, you know, to, to, to can't, I can't help but express this. I need to do it now. And the excitement that they shared and in, in that was built between them to get into a studio. Luckily, they could. And he's, you know, John's like, "You can play drums and bass, and I'll do guitar and sing, and we can do this, and we can do that." And it sounds just like what you want when when you're excited about a song you write. You want to share it with somebody. You know, not always, but you know. Um, but you're excited and proud of this thing. Yeah. You've and created and, and, and to have that person to share yeah. it with and to know that it can accompany you and at a drop of a hat and, and be Paul McCartney, who's a hell of a guy to collaborate with. Um, so they get in there and they do this really quick tune. That's got like a real vibe to it. It's, it's straight, you know, one, four five. It's very straightforward. Lots of lyrics, lots of tale telling. Um, <laughs> I remembered, yeah. and um, I don't know. It's exciting to me. I, I I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited about that feeling and and learning that. Yeah, the, I was excited when when Walt sent the, this one over. Uh, he he picked a, a ton of great tunes, but this one I was like, I, actually, I I wonder what my feelings are on this one because it hasn't come up too much on the pod, mm. so. Tommy, yeah. should we listen to it? Yeah, I think I we should. I think, yeah. and I would yeah. suggest to our listeners hear, yeah. that they, you know, maybe right now hit pause on the podcast, and whether you're dropping a needle on a forty-five or you're you're putting it on a, a streaming service of your choice, give a listen to the Ballad of John and Yoko, and we'll see you back in a couple minutes to talk about. Standing in the dockets of Hampton, trying to get to Holland or France, the man. You've got to go back You know they didn't even give us a chance Christ, you know it ain't easy You know how hard it can be The way things are going They're gonna crucify me 
So we okay. just gave a listen to that tune, and I, I would love to start with this question. Walt, what, what, what is it that drove you to pick this song as one of your picks for us? You know, I've just always loved that song so much. I think it just captures... And I've, I don't think I've ever really had to analyze it before why I love it, but I think in in if I had to, I think it's probably that like I mean, first of all, the beat is so good, and just the groove yeah. is so hot, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and it's so simple, and it's somehow it does that thing that John does so well, where it's like you can't. It's so simple. I mean, that's just what it's just twelve bar blues with yeah. bump. Just like you know, it's just a standard riff, uh, and some it's it's like your blues or something, which is just like how the hell is your blues so magical? It just yeah, just the uh-huh. tiny little details that he throws in there that makes it into something that's so magical. And I feel like this song does a, a similar kind of trick, where it's just like you know obviously the voice there's so much to the, the the lyric and the voice but even even a, even if without that there's so much that's magical about the way that he's put it together i mean i guess obviously paul's there too um <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just so simple and uh and so wonderful and the groove is so simple and hot and it's i can't get enough yeah. and the storytelling the stories his oh. voice uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> And it's yeah, Paul and sure. and Paul it's Paul on drums. That's yes. you know, it's yes. also it, it feels it feels nice to feel positive vibes about Paul. And when I listen to his drumming, uh, when I listen to as a rhythm section man, as a bass player and drummer, but really as a drummer, man, I love his drumming. It's great. Those mm-hmm. pop 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 those those fills. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's that's... he is he is smoking on that song. Yeah. And this is um going back to like the production stuff on this. So George Martin is back. We're t- not back, but he's a little bit back cuz cuz he was on the sidelines a little bit for the get back session stuff. But also we have Jeff Emmerich back in the mix. Um, oh, is that right? Okay. Engineering this. And this is one of the first times that right Jeff Emmerich is pretty famous for miking drums, but he has in this tune he mics the top and bottom of the snare. Which oh, I think okay, is the really? first time that that has happened. In, oh. In Beatles music, I think it sounds I, again, some, okay. You can you can hear it. It sounds yeah, really pop, good. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he that, gets that he gets super famous punchy. for that Jeff Emmerich sound of like miking the top and bottom and putting mics in toms and all of that. But I think here oh. he's he puts the mics in and and again it, it is and and like Walt said it's super iconic in those moments when he's 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 banging out those beats. I, I love. Well, that when we were sure. recording it ourselves back at the cabin for the the amazing karaoke jam we're about to have uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in, in a few minutes you're welcome. um that's all that's all i could think of when i was playing the drums was that 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 that, that. like i wanted to do it every measure every four beats i wanted to be doing that that yeah right there. well it's fine the mark lewison notes in the song is basically that most of the outtakes of this is that paul was adding one more beat that he was missing um he was one short or one too much but basically most yeah. of the outtakes around the song are that he wasn't hitting that in, yeah, only in like this take and one of the yeah. I, I read that they oh, did really? they did eleven takes of of the rhythm track, uh, and the one that they picked for the record was was take ten. All right. So like they nailed it, and then I think I think for the last take they actually they changed the key of the song, and they're like, what if we just did it like I maybe they capoed it or whatever, but instead of playing it in E, they played it in G, 
and did. they did one take of that and it was like no like nope, we had I don't it. know John's John's voice sounds perfect in as it was like why are we messing with it now right so um, like what did they record first like what's the, the first track is what the, the bass th- and drums I think it's acoustic so guitar, it's uh, drums and vocal, it would right? be acoustic guitar and drums I think was the rhythm track that they did so, okay, so John's John, playing acoustic John guitar playing acoustic and Paul playing drums Paul's playing it. the drums yeah and so they did they did 11 takes of that before they attempted to do vocals and stuff for, okay, like, to get so the Paul, vibe of it and, and then Paul plays bass yes and then John done. plays yeah. the the lead, so little, lead yeah the little yeah, electric yeah, guitar yeah. riffs yep okay right and then who plays maracas I think uh, Paul, Paul plays, plays the maracas and John okay. is playing the back of his guitar or something. It yeah, sounds Paul like does a little percussion drum. on the yeah. back of, of an acoustic guitar, like just like I don't I don't even know that I heard it, but I, that's I read that so that's like what he old did. Beatlesy though, like the Ringo just playing on a around. Matchbox or whatever sort <laughs> right. of thing, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. while we're talking old Beatlesy and Scotty, maybe play the last ten seconds. I feel like it has such an old Beatles outro, like it's yeah. almost mm. like, and it's a, it's another Beatles song that I just don't know at the no, moment. No, I know like, what it is. You want me to play it? You want to say it? Yeah, play it, and then Wild will tell us what it is. That last flourish. Yeah, it's from... well, I mean, I know it from uh, from their BBC sessions. They do they cover "Lonesome Tears in My Eyes." Yes, all right, yeah, okay. yes. And I've, I and I think I I don't know which I knew first. I must have known this song first, but I feel like when I got I feel like I got into that song d- deeper first. So like I, I definitely made the connection because yeah. I, I think it's because they cover they didn't write that song. It's like Johnny Burnett or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it ha- it's all those those sort of sort of. Uh, that kind of riffs throughout the, that whole song. Yeah, that um, that little that little guitar riff that do 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 is in that that they that they did at the BBC. And like not yeah, only exactly. that, but like yeah, yeah, the, the bass the right. bass groove is still the same. I think too, it's like, a, it's boom, the same. It's boom, a pretty boom, similar boom, groove. Boom, boom, boom. I have a yeah. feeling. I mean, I always guessed that when they went in to do it, they to do that song. John had the song, and he was like, "Why don't we do the groove and the riff from totally. Lonesome Tears in My Eyes?" Yeah, because they had it a, handy, and it just felt like kind of fun. It's a big, it's a big throwback to to when they were younger and and jamming. <laughs> you know, like, I, we we are stepping like, back on the sentiment of this song for one second. Like I love, Scotty said it in the upfront, but I love that John is excited. He comes back becoming a married man to to Yoko, and he just wants to take this to Paul. Like I think that's pretty. I was going to say this is my next question. How do we a feel couple about months this later, being- like? Yeah, this could have been a John Solo song. Yeah, right. right. How do we feel about this? Like, I would love to go around. How do we feel about this being just a John and Paul thing in the greater Beatles piece? I I knew that this was. I mean, if uh, jumping, I knew that this was a John and Paul song only. Only a couple years ago did I know that this didn't have any other Beatles on it. So, like, I feel like they do a fine job of replicating. It it sounds like Like, the Beatles. Yeah, you exactly. Know? That's like what, you they know, do, like, they do a pretty good job. I don't good know job that of... I'm missing anyone, but I'm also very curious in everyone's take. Like, what would it mean if George was on the song, or what would it mean if if Ringo was in the song? But right, it's uh, you know, what what else does does Paul play drums on on Beatles? Dear Prudence, right? Yeah. Okay, I didn't Dear know Prudence. that. 
And I think back in the USSR. I think those are the two. That's oh, like right. When Ringo Back in the quits. USSR, has very similar kind of group. You're right. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were right about that. Yeah. And that's like the Ringo quits for a week or whatever during the White Album sessions. And they're right. still trying to move forward. But I think that's it. Really. And that's it, really. Huh. Yeah. Oh, back in the... Yeah, that really does... I really hear that now. That's funny. <laughs> Do we think like... Should this have been, should they have waited? I, I, I'm, I side with Becker on this one of like, I love the idea of John being so jazzed about this one. Yeah. yeah I'm excited he's like, about that yeah. part. And especially this is post get back and he's like knocking yeah, on Paul's door and being like, we, you and I have to do the song today. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like not, thr- it's suddenly a big recharge in like yeah, creativity. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm, everything. I'm not yeah. sure that they thought they were going to do another record, you know, like yeah. that's what I'm right. then, thinking. Yeah. And then I mean, they come like, back with this enthusiasm and, and and maybe John's like a little cleaner than he was during Get Back or something. He's coming back jazzed up. And so I, I do feel like it, it brings a lot to the the John and Paul relationship right yeah. here. You know, yeah, I well, you just get it, the sense know? Paul Paul was so incredibly competent that it seems like yeah. he's a good fella to call if you want to put a, put a <laughs> song together. <laughs> you know? I would love now to have John uh, or to have yeah. Paul on speed dial if I was yeah, trying to yeah. put a tune together. <laughs> Uh, so there's, but there's also some funny stuff in here too. If you go back to the get back stuff a little bit, right? Like John is during get back. I always think like, Oh, it it looks like John's probably a little hard to work with ultimately. Like during this, this time period, right? They're trying to write tunes and John loves a laugh and all that. But John goes into that sort of Gene Vincent bebop Alua voice a little bit, a couple times here, but he does it very well. Like it's very tempered, you know, in a way that you're like, it could go wrong and you probably there were probably a bunch of outtakes where he's maybe singing it too much like that and he's trying to make Paul laugh a little bit but like it plays it plays well in here i think yeah yeah and that slap they have on the uh that 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 delay they have on the voice really gives it that yeah that that double the auto double track thing yeah one it's it also harkens back to like such early beatles and john being the leader of the band like you think of like hard day's night and john John is the driving force of the Beatles during that time, right? And like he's writing this one four five blues riff song that like could have happened then. He's out front. He like it's a cool throwback, but with that like fragmented prism of everything the Beatles have been through in the last five years since then. Yeah, and then with his very very detailed like you know. Uh, very up to date life 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 tale yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah yeah what do what do we think about that like what do we think is this the most just personal beatles narrative that exists like is there anything close to this narrative yeah Yeah. i don't know if if there's anything as close to this i mean like he's he's talking specific about about (laughs) like peter brown specific people yeah, specific yeah. places like yeah it gets very good on, good on peter brown like of all everyone in the beatles universe <laughs> yeah. that never gets name checked yeah. mal right. Brian poor mal evans mal evans is like putting socks on george right now while they're singing about peter brown you know like it's, <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a rough time for everyone and that dude because he he helps him get married gets gets in there gets name checked in a beatles song like that's but that's, even even with the store, uh, the store that you want to go to to buy socks. <laughs> oh <laughs> you man! See what I did there. I caught it. Yeah. I caught that. You're a professional. I, I'm a total close. professional. Even with the narrative here that is such a, a tale, and you know, beginning, middle, end, the whole thing. 
John's lyrics, the thing that draws me to this song is John's lyrics are so freaking clever. Like, it's, I mean, look at the the chorus. Like, Christ, when he says Christ, the word Christ, it comes off almost like the swear word. Christ. It's aggressive. It's aggressive to say Christ in However, if you listen to the lyrics, he's, like, talking to Christ in a way, in a weird way. It's like, Christ, you know it ain't easy. You know how yeah, hard yeah, it could be. The way things are going, they're going to crucify me like they did to you. And the, the <laughs> yeah. like they did to you is like a parenthetical there, right? It, no, it's yeah, like that, well said, that, yeah. that narrative thing that like it, it like comes off like a swear. It comes off very aggressive. Yeah, it's good. That's, it's really good. You know, it's it's funny that Paul sings it on the back half, right? He's doing the yeah. a little bit of but he doesn't say Christ. Paul is not oh, is on the right? Christ part. He he dips out of it. Like he's like, yeah. The Paul, the, the good little Paul. Paul. That's a good. Paul. You said you said Christ, and I'll come in after that. <laughs> and Paul's harm, Paul's low harmonies below. Oh my god, so fucking good, man. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. There, and then there's a really that's what, and that's what, like, I think I think Paul here is like John is excited. They get in the studio, and Paul is like. John, what do you want to do? I'm just going to prop you up, and and that's awesome. In like a teammate and a bandmate awesome. and a friend, like so good. You know, I think when I need that, and you guys have done that for me, and all of this, like Paul is doing that right now, and and at the same point, trying to keep the Beatles alive, and at the same point, they're also having a legal battle, like they're fighting about right? who should be the Alan manager, Klein. what should happen yeah, to the yeah, business yeah, stuff. Oh, like, right, yeah. yeah, all that it, stuff's happening, yeah. All of that is happening, and John is still just showing up on the doorstep with this song. Do you think so, And very John. interesting, too, Yoko is there for this recording, and okay. I'm actually surprised that she doesn't play on it at all. Everything I could find is that she's not playing anything. Like, I, I no, thought so maybe she'd if, do... If there's any this song that right she should be on... right after Get Back. Is that right? That's what yeah. you're saying? Immediately it's after, It's the yeah. first tune back in a studio since Get Back. Wow, I guess I've never fully realized that. That is crazy to me. Yeah, so it was it was right after the the single "Get Back" and "Don't Let Me Down" was released. It was like that same week they started recording this. So yeah, yeah, that and that "Get Back" and "Don't Let Me Down" was the first one that had like that credited Billy Preston on the on the label too. It's like right. Wow. Do you think that John had any sort of motive to kind of like just toy with paul oh you think or this is like to, to play with his emotions <laughs> no or not toy with him but to be like i just got married you know i'm gonna come oh, give really? you one last kiss or something like that <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i haven't really i haven't really thought about it that way um do you while my wife's you, here <laughs> are you trying to start are you starting to trying to spark something up or do you do you believe no i have that? nothing i just thought is this, it's the, is, this a, <laughs> is this a fanfic that we're talking about? No. <laughs> based on what you guys are saying that's the only reason why it came to my head no i i think i think john's just excited he, like he, yeah. he's for the first yeah. time in years like i mean look at what he comes up with in in the get back sessions and like i love don't let me down i think it's a great song but it's oh yeah he's piecemealing it together like he he's that's yeah. that thing is patched together with duct tape or whatever and and mm-hmm. like dig a pony is yeah is like made in my mind because of paul's backup vocals in that tune it, it, it carry that thing throughout yeah and, that's you know, pieced like, together yeah and and this is he's coming with his first complete song, and I think almost I hadn't thought of this, but I think he almost wants to impress Paul 
Well, yeah, for the first time, I, like, I think he look, does. I have you a know. song again. I have a song again. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this today. Right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, I think he thinks of this rock. a little bit as like a a folk song. You know, like I think he right. thinks about yeah. this as a, as a a tale song. He thinks about like good job. We know John loves loves mm-hmm. Lennon, uh, loves Dylan. Like, why isn't this like part of ballad of a thin man? Yeah, you know, and like, it's why definitely it... the it's definitely the kind of thing that you know. It's very like Cavern Club. It's very like the, this is how they started. Like like. You yes. know, heart, heart, a great rock and roll song, great words, solid, hot groove, harmonies. Like, we know how to do this. This is like yeah. the yeah, fellas getting back right. together. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is. There's a really nice thing with the harmonies in Oh, the... hold on. Wait, RB, are we... Are, are we dipping into our segment? <laughs> no, well, is this, no, no. Is this And Your Nerd Can Sing? And Your Nerd Can Sing with RB. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been asking for like a month and a half to I know. sing on that, so I took oh it. RB is our resident musical oh. nerd, so take us, take, take us in, RB. I mean, I wasn't even going to say anything musically nerdy, in, it but like now I, now I, I have to. to play the track. So. Yeah. But I was, I was <laughs> going to say, with the, the patience in which the background vocals show up in the song is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Where where he's like, uh, Paul interjects just like on a single word, you know, like, like run DMC. he'll sing the high harmony on just just it like he's not gonna sing, he's not gonna sing the whole phrase. He's just gonna just look put a little boop yeah. on that word, yeah, and a he's little the boop on that one. He's yeah. early gee piggy out, and like you know, it breaks it breaks into like where he's he's singing it, you know, more. But like the the way it's just like introduced is just like oh, you know, it's. It's so good. It's there. There's it because because the song is so simplistic, right? It's it's a. Now I'm gonna get musically nerdy. It's a 16 bar blues. It's not a 12 bar blues. It's a 16 bar blues. So they Uh hang on the one for the for what we consider, I guess, the verse, right? And and it's it's an E chord. So he's just Paul's. I mean, uh, John is just strumming an E chord, and then the second half of the verse. His voice hits the hits a seven in it, and it, 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 it's right. an E seven, and that just like draws you to make to, to want you to go because because E seven is the five of four. It makes you want to drive into into the four chord, which is A, and that's where like the kind of the chorus starts. The whatever. Um, there's an interesting formulaic pattern in what. Um, in, in that the second half where where he kind of goes to E seven, it's always a quote. So like there's there's uh, the second half of the verse is always either quoting either from a person or from a newspaper in the lyrics. The man in the Mac oh said you got to go back is when he goes to E seven. And the second verse is Peter Brown called to say you can make it okay or the newspaper said what are you doing oh, in bed? Man. I never like it's that. always cool. there's always a quotation. So there's a form there's a formula kind of maybe to the way he approached writing the lyrics of the song is like all right when I get to the second half of the verse it's it's you know you know the men right. from the press said that's cool we yeah. wish you success oh, yeah, yeah. like there's there's a he had an idea of how he was going to formulate a yeah, verse with five verses it's the not narrative. Circum- it's not like a accident at that point yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, cool yeah i think uh, it's cuz when you hop up to that 4 
and then you're quoting somebody or something, it just makes it feel, I don't know, somehow makes it feel very alive to be talking about somebody talking. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a great exactly. Trick. So like you're, you're, you're quoting somebody else and then it just kind of pulls you into the chorus and the chorus is the same every time, um, you know, except for, you know, in the later courses, Paul starts popping the high notes over the top yeah. of right. it. Yeah, yeah. And then like, it's like, it's, it's just building upon it. And like each well, time it's getting patience, a little bit bigger. I, yeah. The patience to wait till the fourth verse to even start that high harmony. Yeah. And it's just a yeah, little yeah. bit. That's, and then the I think fifth it, verse. I always think it comes in like a little yeah. earlier. Than yeah. It does. I think like, I hear it the whole time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I exactly. always want to sing that high harmony all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be patient. But then, but then the I was bridge. thinking how many songs are going back to like how many songs are kicking around during this time period for me, and I thought it was pretty amazing. I'm glad that Walt brought up Old Brown Shoe because I'm a I'm a huge yeah. fan of Old Brown oh, Shoe. Oh, it's the great. Rest, rest of these guys old, are Old Brown Shoe was the was the was the B side to this. It's the B side, yeah. yeah. I like Old Brown Shoe. That's not and the A side. We haven't quite talked about Old Brown Shoe yet. It hasn't been an episode. But so the other tunes that are going on that like maybe Let It Be or Abbey Road could have had like. Old Brown Shoe, Ballad Johnny Yoko, Come and Get It, Give Peace a Chance, like uh, Instant Karma and Maybe I'm Amazed are all kind of happening around this same time. Like, Is it's that very, right? I didn't realize that. Very interesting within like six months of this track. Like all of those songs are, are not even being written. Like they're being recorded. Well, there's, right? there's some there's some takes like you see in Get Back. They're they're yeah. starting. They are they're early Abbey Road takes of a bunch of things like they, they kind of jam on. Like uh, and so it's so funny to see like the Maxwell. what they put out. She's and so heavy. Yeah, Maxwell Silverhammer. Yeah, wow. she's so heavy. Oh, they yeah, were. Yeah. It was an early one. Yeah. I really uh, always disliked. Maybe I'm amazed so much. Why? <laughs> Sorry. We haven't. We haven't had a. Uh, <laughs> it's because of such the- an anti-Paul guest in a while. Like we we got picked early on as an anti-Paul well uh, uh, anti-Paul cast and. Uh, but we maybe were- I'm amazed. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> It's, listen, maybe it's, yeah. that is, that's my full quote for this yeah, episode. Maybe is, I'm a me. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, Scotty. That, that is, is a great point. Yeah, it's it can you can you tell your wife road. maybe like if you're writing a love song, can you maybe I love maybe? you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Paul plays maybe. it like in like a hesitation way, but yes, on the on the surface level of that word, it's not you know. <laughs> but it's better than the long and winding road, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, what's not? when you strip down long and winding road though like the naked version is pretty good there's there's a there's a nice little you think about it more as a song at that point on the well you don't have the whole orchestral like it just seems like so cheesy like like i was saying earlier like being when i was a kid listening like the blue like the blue double cassette thing like in the back of the minivan driving to florida even when when that when i was whatever six years old and that song would come on i'd be like like the like, this is not the Beatles anymore. Like, turn yeah. this off. What is yeah. this? <laughs> this is like even no, Paul this... in the Get Back doc is like, oh, it's a little plodding, isn't it? <laughs> like, yes, Paul, <laughs> it's plodding. It's it takes a long time, man. Is Terrible. this the is this too in the epitome of of sort of the Yoko philosophy that she brought into John of like all art needs to be self referential and you can't be necessarily well, coy about these things like and I, is just like an honest yeah. straightforward narrative you know good for you uh <laughs> <laughs> no, dodge the word is this the way to be to be making music and and, and well i think that i'm gonna throw it to you maybe a little yeah, bit of like how you yeah. apply this in in your life what, in your what, music. What's like what's are so, you so yoko the, yoko was was pushing that idea on john 
her philosophy essentially is that yes, exactly. There's no such thing as is is writing a song outside of you. Uh huh. I think. I mean, you guys correct me if I'm I'm missing. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, John's John's lyrics were always so good, but like they definitely did get better. Like yeah, after yeah. he met Yoko, didn't they? I I think so. Yeah. I mean, they I, got I a lot right. more about him and about his life and about they a lot more. I mean, he was dabbling with i mean whatever he was younger so it could have gone that direction anyway but they certainly got they got a lot sharper and a lot a lot more focused he hints and at it more. and things like in my life or whatever rubber soul yeah. era you yeah. know and um you know norwegian wood or whatever but like yeah you're right it's like the white album stuff like i'm so tired yeah yeah, yeah. suddenly that's like he woke up the white album right it's very yeah. different from before stuff before that and that's what i gravitate to in a singer you know songwriter right like oh, some you level son of a <laughs> well what? i didn't say story oh no you oh you story. just did though <laughs> <laughs> sorry my bad. My bad. My bad. but what i, I gravitate towards in a singer songwriter and that's i think why i, I get so into i'm so Thunder. tired and 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 these pieces is like i love seeing you in these songs like that's that's what i want it's what i want yeah. in, in you know, and and, and you're, yeah, and I think this is Paul, this is it? why we yeah. reject Paul a little bit. Is Paul plays so coy, and we don't know who he is for a long, long time. You know, it's all yeah. There's a lot of fiction, and there's a lot of voices. Yeah, he's <laughs> even, doing a lot right? of voices, doing this. a lot of characters, doing a lot of stories. Where John comes out and is just very like, I'm John, and 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 sort of being honest, and I'm I'm and I'm flawed, and I'm figuring it out, and what does it all mean? You know, but right. So. Um, did you guys Can, look at, we like to always talk a, a little bit about the covers on this show. Did you guys look at any of the covers of, of this? I song? heard the Joe, no. Joe, Joe Bonamassa no. cover. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't Joe Bonamassa does a cover of this? Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. what I was going to talk it's about. like a guitar. There thing? is a yeah. full on, and this isn't, I'm not talking Darius Rucker. I'm talking Hootie and the Blowfish cover oh. <laughs> this song, like in really? their prime, like in the, in like wow. the nineties, yeah. oh, they wow. are out there on tour doing a cover of this song. And I actually, How I, can be. <laughs> you, I find this to be like a very weird cover. And while you be said it thing, earlier, Tom, you got to go to Vegas. I, I got to go to Booty. I, <laughs> I find this to be a very weird cover song. And I always, I equate it to Leonard Cohen in a way, Walton, you, you said that he's, he's big for you, where I am fine with a lot of people covering Leonard on, on so many levels, like do another cover of Hallelujah. Like, I don't, I don't really care. No one right. should. But I, I don't really care. But I also think that like covering um, like Famous Blue Raincoat or Chelsea Hotel or something like songs that feel very personal. Right. I find hard to cover. And I take the, I, I, I don't believe you like like, you know, at, at the end of Famous Blue Raincoat, like Leonard Cohen is signing it as a song. Like right. it's 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 personal. Like I find this to be relatively uncoverable. Like, why would you take on Ballad right. Johnny Yoko? I don't you right. know, like. We're about to sing it at the end of the show, but at the same point, we're, you know. <laughs> uh, but other than that, no one else really, really covers this tune. I don't know. Just Walter, do, you, do you play, yeah. do, you, do you, do you play any covers? What, what do you work into your repertoire or what do you play you at know, home? The only song I think the only song I've ever covered is Oklahoma by uh, the Kinks. You know that song? Yeah. From That's uh, what you, Muswell Hillbillies. That's what you play in a set, like as a, uh, as a yeah, uh, public performance. Yeah, yeah, I've done that one. I, I I usually don't do a lot of covers, but I've done that one and I've done like uh 
Oh, sorry, the passing through. I got Leonard Cohen didn't write it, but you know that song "Passing Through." Uh, Leonard Cohen d- does it on uh, his uh, live songs. It's another. I shouldn't say the word. Another narrative song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long view. form narrative song. <laughs> I've covered that, and uh, but I, yeah, I really love "Oklahoma USA" by uh, by the, by the Kinks. Oh, Ray. Awesome. Oh, Ray. Can Excellent. Can I offer an immediate Scott? I want you to get ready for this. What is this? Apology. You're an immediate one? I'm apologizing. I'm, I'm making a correction. We're so sorry, <laughs> Uncle Albert. All apologies. What's going We're on? So sorry. I feel pretty caught off there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I in in we've hit a few mystery words. Earlier this afternoon, I thought Joe Bonamassa did a cover of the song. He actually does a cover of The Ballad of John Henry, which I had listened to. <laughs> I was like, Joe Bonamassa does a cover of this dude. Like, I didn't want to give it too much more air than that, but yeah. I was like, I don't know that so, that's a true statement. So I apologize. That was because as soon as I said it, I was like, wait, I thought I looked it up on Spotify. I thought it was The Ballad of John and Yoko, but it's The Ballad of John Henry. And as soon as I started research I error, like, is it Ballad of John not... Henry? Like, John Henry was like about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, it, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, my bad. I apologize. It's all good. I don't, I I don't want the scrubs calling me out on that, you know? <laughs> we got a lot of nice uh, audio clip play tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really nailing the clips tonight. <laughs> Anybody give uh, us Going money? back to the going back to the Christ stuff real quickly, like you want to think that John is very like aware of this. And of course he is, he knows what he's playing into, but there is like a, a telegram or something that he had left for, for the team where he wrote, uh, no pre publicity on Ballad of John and Yoko, especially the Christ bit. So don't play it around too much or you'll frighten people. Get what? it pressed first slash John. I, uh-huh. uh, I think that's pretty awesome, right? That he was telling the yeah. Apple guys, like, just yeah. get this out there. Just and we'll get it out deal there. With it Very aware. Yeah, like, right. That's great. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Like, that's yeah. very late John where he's just like, let's, you know. Right. I think that's pretty, pretty fantastic. So that is fantastic. I love that. I do. And he had I, such a great haircut at that period, you know? Yes. It, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. And like the hats. Let's, the yeah, hats they're, really, they're wearing great during hats. this time period. The hats yeah. were good. Yeah. John, yeah. They're like yeah. kind of floppy, but also yeah. rigid in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you get a hat like that. Yeah. Also, here's the thing. Them. Like the, I say this all the time. You guys would never let me get away with a hat like that. You know, it's hard to walk into Try a group it. and be like, I'm wearing a, a fashionable hat because people are like. Hey, Becker's wearing. Hey, Becker, what's with the hat? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's hard. (laughs) I think think Walt can pull off a hat. Actually, for for my my uh, when I got married, I had the uh, Beatles. I should have brought this up earlier. A Beatles cover band. What? Play at my wedding. At your wedding? Thought of it. That seems like an important touch point that you missed. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) We did jump from your twenty-year-old Beatles relationship to. (laughs) They. well, I, I'd seen them uh, in like the 90s. I saw them in like 1997 when it was actually, the, I'd seen them a few times. They're called the Strawberry Fields. They used to play in New York a lot. I don't know. They're, uh, they're, they're somewhat known. They like they're play at events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of a thing. What are the uh, chances to... Jimmy Vivino is in that band? <laughs> I think it's probably probably a decent chance. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're from New Jersey, but they're damn good. I mean, when I saw I saw them, and I was like, these guys sound exactly like the fucking Beatles. They 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 do their first set, 
I, suits first and boots. First they with the black suits. So the then they change. do the, the Sergeant Pepper's uh, yeah. gear. Yeah. And then they do the hats. That's how I thought uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, if you go uh, I'm going to interrupt for one. Does your wife have, uh, is she also into music at this level? Like, is she excited that you're having a Beatles cover band at the wedding? Like, is this something you guys are? Yes. Yeah. She's not okay. as obsessed as I am, but she's, yeah, she's a big music person. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Um, and so when I saw them, it was actually the night that Lady Diana died. And I was at this cover band, this place in, uh, on Bleecker Street. And the guy who does like the Jim Morrison cover band was in the audience. So it was like, I mean, the doors. So the Jim Morrison guy was next to me. And they were like, the princess died. And the Beatles were playing on stage. And the Jim Morrison guy was next to me. I was like, this is just a very weird place to be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, I was like, if, if I ever get lucky enough to get married, I want this goddamn band playing at my wedding. So when, when my wife and I got engaged... Uh, I researched them and they were still around. And so I got the strawberry fields and they were fucking incredible. Yeah. Awesome. I bet, man. And everybody danced. Everybody, people, like there was English people, like friends of my family who left and they were like, Walt, I feel like I've seen the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, it right? It was great. Yeah. Um, that's very I, cool. I, I would love to talk about Another lyric, if that's okay with you, fellas. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just just one more, Tommy. All right, thanks. Um, (laughs) It's very near the end of the song, and it's good to have the both of you back. Oh, yeah. You know, is that the newspaper man who said that? Right. Yeah. Uh, It's good to have the both of you back. I I believe it's the men from the press. It's the man from the press. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they wish you good. Yeah. It's good to have the both of you back. Um, and I think I just have always thought this might be the most important line in the song because John is saying this because like, it's about how the media and the fans or whatever feel like they have ownership over him and over him and Yoko and over the Beatles. Oh, we have you back. Instead of them being human beings that are trying to live their lives, right? And I, I just think it's huge. Like, I, and for him to put it out there, it's one of these simple John lines, right? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's a good call because I, I think going back to like the Christ piece, he sort of resolves a bunch of these verses to be like we're getting persecuted all the time, and then at the end of it, sort of where John and Yoko are like largely accepted, like the press is like we've loved you the entire time, you know, like we're. Yeah. They're like the the news people said, "What are you doing in bed?" You know, like uh, yeah. Um, I think it's it's an interesting uh, resolve to that. that it's also like they're two people going on basically a vacation, their wedding, their honeymoon, all of that. You know, that's the most important weekend of their lives, right? Like that they got married and that they're creating this new life together, and they come back to England. It's like now we have you back finally. Like it's. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but all things said, they're having like a bed in at the Amsterdam Hilton yeah, in the presidential enough. suite. <laughs> like they're inviting like people into yeah, their yeah, bed. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I like I think the journalists like really think that they're going to show up and like John and Yoko are like going to be having sex. Like I think that like it's that <laughs> salacious at the time. You yeah, know, like I just think it has to do with this idea of like the expectation of the artist. You know, like being yours as yeah. a culture yeah, or something. You right? Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure, and and especially with like. 
John is starting to fight against that, right? Like that is where, you know, yeah. and that is probably some of the division of the John and Paul stuff where, where oh, Paul wants becoming, to be maybe a yeah, little he's, more. He's fine. Like, to he's, be he's publicly. Not he wants know. to be. He's, he's okay. And that's, that goes into wings, right? Like he's doing these stadium tours and, and all that. Yeah. So guys, we do this podcast with the intent of ultimately chatting about and ranking every single Goal Beatles song up to two hundred and, and something oh, or so. Oh wow! Really? Should, should we? Uh... How many? How many Beatles songs are there? Uh, two hundred and twenty some odd. Oh wow! Be- like it, yeah, we haven't like tackled. We're not really. We don't have a staff guy and... yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need an intern. <laughs> Someone with yeah. good with math. But yeah. we have we Walt have personally done this forty five times previous, and okay. so. so this this is our forty sixth, and we have to Can figure you share out where the... this one goes. Yeah, can you I can. Uh, you want me to do that for you guys? Please. Oh, I, yeah, I think I'm it would curious. be cool for Walter to see it, and he can laugh at our list. Yeah, <laughs> our terrible list. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he might actually like it. Not when he hears where we put two of us. Oh boy. <laughs> Who would have thought it'd be the best Beatles song ever? I'm <laughs> <laughs> ah, just kidding. <laughs> Every song is the best song. That's the when thing. Every week you it. talk about a song, you get really excited about it. You think it's the best <laughs> song. Yeah. So currently coming in at number four, let's just do some highlights. Currently coming in last and least uh, is I Call Your Name from the Long Tall Sally EP. That's number 45. Um, listen, guys, just a few above that, n- number 43. Um, that's A Taste of Honey. Hard not to feel wow. for that tune. We are so right? It's much sweeter than wine. Number 40 <laughs> currently is Act Naturally from Help. Number 30 is the one after 909. We know that one from Let It Be. That's right around this era. Number 20 currently is Nowhere Man. That comes from one of Walt's favorite records, Rubber Soul. Number 10 is the song Because from Abbey mm-hmm. Road. And then currently we have at number one, Happiness is a warm gun from wow. the White Album. So if we if we're starting the ranking conversation here, right, and where we're gonna put this one, um, Walt, this is our canonical list. There's no going back on this thing. We decide <laughs> yeah. in the moment where where, where this committed. goes. There's a lot Every of poor year decisions. Every year we have the this opportunity to your, move in your one wiki. tune, but yeah. So if, if we're talking Let It Be era, I'm I'm looking right now at number nineteen. I got a feeling. I personally think this is a better song than I got a feeling. Oh, definitely. Me too. I think it's a better song than I got a feeling. Okay, so we're we're gonna move up. If we move up right now, this is interesting. <laughs> to the next Let It Be era song, um, we're looking at two of us, which we currently <laughs> we, know, we just we know we're Walter, Walter stands. <laughs> we just currently ranked <laughs> at number seven on the Blotto Beatles list. Two mm, of us, yeah. but I want to also look around two of us because the list is faulty, Walt. Because you know yeah. we 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 do these things in the we moment, have a lot of right? issues. We we have a lot of right. issues. We have a lot of drinking them on the fly. We have a lot of and issues. <laughs> so we're looking around this and like just below around two of Abbey us Road is too. And, and your bird can sing long, long, long because those are heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. above it is tomorrow never knows. I'm so tired. Yeah. Come together, and I think we need to take the context yeah, of those other tunes into account. So like. Who wants to throw something out? I this song is better than End Your Break and Sing, and I like that song it a is. lot. But it's better. I than agree with you. Your brain. 
So we're right up against... I think against... it's better than Tomorrow Never Knows, too. Whoa! Oh, you do? I do. That's... I love Tomorrow Never Knows, but it's it's more of a concept than a song, I'd say. Oh, that's a really good take. That is, that is a really good good point of that. And I like yeah. it. I love the drum. I like everything about it. But, like, you know, I, I, I think that as far as being a real solid, like, uh, human song, you got to go with Ballad of John and Yoko. Would you say it's, it's let, let's just let's put a ceiling on this? Would you say it's better than I'm so tired? Oh my god! Don't ask me that. I just <laughs> he's just signing off. That. He's walking Sorry, out on us. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? You're here to rank him. Rank it, Walt, as Ben says. <laughs> um, man, I am I am willing to go above two of us on the song. Mm. But I yep. want to go below I'm So Tired. I love Ooh, I'm So Tired. But what like, about Tomorrow Never Knows? We want to talk Honest John songs. Uh, I could be swayed right now. I've had a lot of mystery words. And I love Tomorrow <laughs> Never Knows. But Tomorrow Never Knows is... There is a concept. That what we romanticize about Tomorrow Never Knows is not what I love about uh, singing and songwriting. So I, I am open to that that shift right there. I would, If we're talking about the song, I would rather... Put on when I'm in my car by myself or whatever, like you know, making breakfast with the. I would rather listen to the. What is with you and breakfast songs? Why do you have so much breakfast? Perfect music dad, perfect <laughs> fucking husband guy. <laughs> so, when I'm making pancakes for my kids, you know, I like no, but like, I, I get I, it. I, I get I, it, Tommy. I was, yeah. Um, I I would rather listen to this on a regular basis than tomorrow never knows like tomorrow never knows you got to sit down and have an experience right this is a more like that's this is going to have more playability to it jeez it's very durable song extremely durable song (laughs) (laughs) i really like that adjective for for yeah good set of brake pads Because I have had a great time hanging out with Walt tonight, I am I am ready to put this between I'm so tired and tomorrow never does. All right, Scott, Scotty and RB, how you feeling? Uh uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can go with it. I would probably put it I would probably put it under tomorrow never knows. But whoa. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's because of, like I that, feel like got- I had to defend this song last time. I, uh, there, there's like, there's an importance to the forward movement of psychedelic as a whole. Or I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, oh, yeah. it's creating the psychedelic yeah, yeah. movement in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the, it's it's a monumental shift kind of song for me. Uh, where I, I where I feel it. like uh, this song is more of a more of a throwback. Mm, sure. But at least updated. musically. But I go but back up, to like what I love updated. about music today or what I put on. Like I, that's that angle get, is getting me at the moment to be like, you're right. Like what I love about music that I put on is is inside of this tune more than it is in Tomorrow Never Knows. Scotty, Scotty, what, see, what do you feel? Tie break us. I'm tie breaking. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm, I'm we, right now we got three on one. So, <laughs> like, but ju- right. I, I'm interested in your take. I mean, it's a tough one. Like I see both it sides really of it. Is. The, the you know, the groundbreaking work in the psychedelic world and and the change in the Beatles with Tomorrow Never Knows, and then the songwriting, the song that you can, you know, 
be part of the tale and kind of like go along for the ride um, in a different way where you go on a much different ride with tomorrow never knows um jeez um you can also abstain (laughs) i mean i remember thinking i was gonna be the only one that liked this song when we oh were yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like this song a lot. I do too. Yeah, I I, I I'm fine with it going above tomorrow. Never knows this is a song right. overruled. Fair enough. Let's let, there slot it. There we go. Oh, that's exciting, guys. Yeah, this is our <laughs> new new number six. Walt, you Walt got a top getting into tenor. the top ten with a big wow. big pick. I appreciate this, guys. <laughs> you know what yeah. I always found so interesting about Tomorrow Never Knows is you know the version that's on. Uh, on what's it called? Like the, the with Beatles anthology or something? Oh, the one RB was talking about that does the within. Oh, on the on you. the love soundtrack, that one where they combine. No, it with the, the anthology other where song? it's like, oh, are you talking about the, the anthology? Beats, the beats different. The beats. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, boom, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the anthology like, one. Beats like, yeah, yeah. Boom, pa, boom, boom, para, yeah, boom, yeah. pa, boom, boom, yeah, para, and it's they just didn't terrible. find it yet. It's so flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. And if they had kept that, the song would have been total garbage. Yeah, but thankfully, it became boom, pa, boom, boom, para. Boom, pop, boom, boom, pa, and yeah. then it totally kicks ass. That's totally. the one at the beginning where um, he's like, John is talking to Mal. He's like, we got to speed it up. And he's like, hey, Ringo, speed it up. And he's, but he's talking to Paul. And then Paul's like, okay, George. Like, uh-huh. and then, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's Funny the story. that's the take on uh, uh, the Paul. Abbey Road oh, Deluxe. Oh, it's the one Abbey Road get... outtakes, right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about two of us. I'm sorry, you're talking about Ballad John Yoko. Oh, no, I was talking about no, no, no. Tomorrow, you're, you're tomorrow right. never knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, ta- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that's take, yeah, yeah, to- yeah. That'll take Tommy's talking about this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll we're edit it about... out, Tommy. I we edit it out to look like this. I missed that. <laughs> uh, so we cra- we ranked it, Tommy. What do we do from here? Do wait, we ranked it? Do we, we just ranked we did. it? Yeah. Six. Give us our give us a wrap up. Oh my goodness, everybody. That was another episode of Bottle Beatles. We did it. We ranked a tune. We talked about it. We had our amazing guest, Walter Martin, with us this evening. I feel I feel pretty good about this episode, guys. I don't know about you. I do, you, too. Walt. I had a lot of fun. Before we go too deep, though, uh, Walter, where can people um, check you out and, and hear your music and, and purchase at, it? Just at uh, waltermartinmusic.com. Awesome. Walt, that new record... <laughs> is unreal like and i'm i'm not well, just you. blowing smoke because you're here like i really really dig it and i i think well, thank we, you um and i just we we have some listeners out there who like the beatles and and i hope you've enjoyed this episode and i can't recommend highly enough that you go check out walter's music especially the bear uh that is the most recent record right and uh you know make make it part of your sunday if you can uh, well, thanks. Make so some much. pancakes. Some part of yeah. your breakfast music is time. Good for pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Turn, turns out that's all I do. So, um, did 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 we hit the magical mystery word this evening? Oh my god! So many times. <laughs> I'm not sure. Did we? Too many times. Um, Couple, does two, anyone three, have a story maybe? about yeah. that? We did hit the magical oh, mystery god. word. It was the word story, Scotty. I don't like you. Um, I'm Tommy. <laughs> that's Becker. We were your co-hosts. This podcast is produced, edited, composed and magically assembled by your executive producer and mine, that's Scotty C. Um, we were also joined by our m- music supervisor this evening. That's RB, that B stands for Beatles. You can check him out on all the socials at Ryan O'Brooks. 
Um, we're on the socials as well. You can find us at Bottle Beatles. You can visit BottleBeatles.com where we do recommend you hit the drunk dial line, leave us a voicemail. You can hit our shop. You can buy a t-shirt or uh, some other merch there. Please remember, though, very important. This show is performed by absolute professionals. We encourage you to enjoy Bottle Beatles responsibly. Um, yeah, anyone here sure. dri- driving anywhere this sure. evening? No, absolutely no. not. Walt's no. gonna walk well, down. Well, from you're the you're in a schoolhouse to... right now. Or do you have to drive? Home? Do you take a bus from the school back it's home? A stumble no, it's up the hill. Thirty second walk. All right, cool. So <laughs> ah. we are all enjoying Bottle Beetles responsibly this evening. We encourage you to do the same. Please don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast to rate us on your podcast app of choice. I only have three other words. Does anyone have anything else to say before I say those three words? No, it's been the- a great night. It's been a wonderful night, and those three words to you and to me before we sing some karaoke are this. Peace and love. Peace and love. Thank you. Peace and love. You know how hard it can be The way things are going They're gonna crucify me Saving all your money